Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Before the pandemic changed all of our lives, local Big Shark Bicycle Company sold an average of 60 bikes a week. And then, as various area governments began issuing stay-at-home orders, things got really, really slow for one week. After that, numbers started climbing. 75 bikes sold in a week, then 90, then 140. And now, Big Shark owner Mike Weiss says the only factor stopping him from more sales is the need for more bikes. There just aren't enough for all the shops that need them right now in America. And joining us today to discuss this cycling mania is Mike Weiss of Big Shark Bicycle Company. So, Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. You're super welcome. So your sales are way up. Did you see this coming when you first heard about the coronavirus? You know, we're kind of wired optimistic, but I mean, the whole COVID crisis, I think if you own any business, you know, in any category, you were nervous. We did not, we did not see this coming. <laughs> and yet it came. I mean, it sounds like it's just been such a swell of people. Is it all people looking for new bikes or also people needing repairs? They're getting old ones up to speed. Uh, both are huge. It's, it's, uh, it is so bizarre every day we show up and there's a line and, you know, we are, we've never, we've never had this type of response. And, and, and at this point, um, are you guys doing curbside or you're allowing people back in the store? I'm, I'm just curious how you even deal with such an influx when, again, this is, this is the time of the coronavirus. Yeah. I mean, that's the big mystery right now is, I mean, there's no guidelines, for bike shops. And so we're all, I think all the bike shops, all my colleagues at different stores are kind of inventing it as they go. Mm-hmm. We're pretty conservative. I mean, so we're looking at, you know, the experience at lots of other types of stores. And so we're, we're letting a couple people in our stores at a time. So keeping social distance and we're, we're waiting on people outdoors where we know it's safer. And then we've really limited all of our like kind of intimate uh, customer experiences like fitting, rental, Passing equipment back and forth, like clothing, that we're taking our cues from fashion or from supermarkets and just saying, like, let's try not to touch things, mm-hmm. which is really, 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 really tough. Now, the other thing that's really tough, we, we mentioned it's been hard for you guys to get as many bicycles as you need. Have you had to seek out new suppliers or? What are... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it rolls and it looks like it was a bike at some point or it might be a bike, we're going to try to buy it. Uh, I mean, it's anything nice. that's a bike shaped object we want. And, and at this point, are you finding, I mean, th- these bikes are for sale if you're willing to scrounge hard enough? Uh, it's, it's going to be, you know, there's two things, there's two races, right? Every bike shop in America and not just America, but globally is looking for product. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, are, you know, we're in the same boat as everybody else. So we probably feel like we're unique, but we know we're not, we're, we're looking, uh, we've bought bikes from Canada, Hmm. things we've never done, like try to find companies that know they have shipping containers coming into the U.S. and we're trying to buy them before they're in stock. Um, we just whatever we can because that's kind of our, you know, for a bike shop, that's kind of your oxygen. This almost sounds like the hunt for masks that was going on at the very beginning of this pandemic or maybe even the hunt for toilet paper. Like you're dealing with all new supply chains just trying to, to sate this demand. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just so, every day is so strange and it's not just... I mean, there's been a huge, a huge bump in demand. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, kids that aren't in school, families that are home, uh, you know, you can't spend your money on vacations or, par- you know, certain types of recreation. Gyms are closed. And so all of that adding percentages to the uptick 
but the, the like the sum total of that's really big. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually a perfect segue to our, our second guest here, and that's Emma Clues. She's the Vice President of Communications and Outreach for Great Rivers Greenway, which, of course, deals with so many of the trails around this area. So, Emma, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Emma, we know bike sales are way up. Mike has given us some fascinating details here. Do we know if bike riding is also up? People are actually using these bikes they're buying. Yes, we have seen an increase on our greenways all over the region. And as you mentioned, so we're um, a public agency building greenways all over three counties. So we've seen people walking, running, biking, um, over 50% increase on many of our trail accounts. Are there certain trails that have just been like the hardest hit? Uh, generally, the, the greenways that were really busy before are also really busy now. So, you know, Gravoy Greenway, also known as Grant's Trail, people are flocking to that one. Um, you know, folks that, that uh, greenways that live in or that go through neighborhoods and denser residential areas are really great because people obviously want to get out close to home and, and be able to get back for restrooms or water or snacks. Mm-hmm. We actually asked our listeners what some of their favorite places in town to cycle are. We got an earful. Everybody had all sorts of suggestions. I want to share a couple of these here today. Um, Richard Payton told us via email that he's been making use of his extra time by biking more throughout the city, um, especially to city parks he's never been to. He calls Bell Reeve Park in Carondelet a hidden gem. He adds that some of his favorite routes are all of Gravoy in the city, Southwest and Van Deventer from Sublet Park to Fairgrounds Park, Morgan Ford between Tower Grove Park and Holly Hills Boulevard, Christie Boulevard and the Christie Greenway, and the River De Pere Greenway. Um, Carl says on Twitter that he's been cycling a lot more since the COVID-19 crisis. He says, I hit 650 miles for the month today, on track to hit 850. I normally am under 500 a month. Mike, I'm curious about you. I imagine you must also be a cyclist yourself. Have you even had time to go cycling since you're dealing with all this demand? Oh, it's, well, I mean, my, my life's transformed. Uh, we, I mean, we're, we're doing more than double our normal volume. And, you know, and like a lot of businesses, we had some staff that uh, chose, chose to stay home and sort of self-quarantine. So we're, mm-hmm. our staff is working seven days a week. We have guys coming in at midnight. Um, and we have, yeah, we they almost wow. have a 24-hour shift. It's, it's not normal. So not much time for recreation for you. <laughs> yeah, my fitness is... Let's just call it abysmal. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, if you had to pick a favorite trail during normal times, uh, what would you suggest? You know, I I mean, gosh, I I love riding um, in rural Illinois just across the river. Hmm. You know, I I, I know some of the residents love that. But, uh, I mean, I find there's beautiful rural rural roads. And then, you know, West County, St. Louis, I mean, just perfect pavement, challenging hills. So, yeah, I like to get a, get a little bit away from it. Okay, both West County and rural Illinois. Those are some two different areas that, that both sound great. Um, Richard Egan writes on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook group. He says, I'm 60 years old. I've been biking since I was five. In past years, I would combine cycling with other more social fit, fitness activities. With the disappearance of the other activities, I'm bicycling a lot more. I track rides of a more of more than 20 miles, which I consider to be a good day. Last year, I had 34 days of 20-plus miles. This year, I already have 29 such days, and we haven't even reached peak season. Now, Richard also adds, he says, many thanks to Great Rivers Greenway for providing us with so many off-road biking opportunities in our area. He adds, when is that new bridge over the River De Pere going to be finished? Emma, not to put you on the spot here, but he's praising your organization. Any answers for Richard? 
Absolutely. That everyone is so excited about that connection. So this is the two mile extension between the Gravoy Greenway, Grants Trail and the River to Pear Greenway. So in the next couple of weeks, 95% of that will be open. It's still closed. So give us a little, just a few more days to finish the last couple of touches. But that bridge that he's talking about over River to Pear is um, on hold a little bit. The water levels in the River to Pear are too high to set the last two um, spans of that bridge. So as soon as those water levels go down, we're ready to put in those last two spots and, and get that fully connected for everyone. It will create almost 22 miles of connected greenway. Wow. So that is going to be a big deal there. And, and it sounds like it's very soon. Yes. Yeah, so the, yeah, the greenway, the two miles will be done in the next couple of weeks, but the bridge might take a couple of months. It just depends on the water levels. We're ready to go at any minute, but flooding dependent. Okay. Um, we also heard from Michael in Kirkwood, and he asks, besides greenways, what protected bike paths are available for riders? He has a second question here, but I'd love, um, Emma, I know that the greenways are your specialty, but are you aware of any protected bike paths that that you might want to steer Michael towards? Sure. Yeah, there are several that we connect to. So if you think about um, a lot of the greenways connect to other municipalities that have trails or greenways, like the trails in Forest Park or um, in Creevecourt Park, that, then the St. Louis County Park um, trail that goes across um, the Missouri River over into St. Charles, and you can connect that way. There's a, lots of different options for folks. Um, the Katy Trail, uh, the like Mike mentioned, the um, MCT system, Madison County Transit um, in Illinois. And then there are many individual protected bike lanes like um, Chestnut Downtown, that's fully protected by parking or um, around the Tower Grove area, Arsenal and Tower Grove Avenue are good options as well. Okay. And Michael's second question here, he says, do you have any suggestions for how to get elected officials to work on dedicating protected bikeways for Kirkwood riders? Emma, any thoughts on that? We always encourage civic engagement. Um, so, you know, contacting the local, um, you know, parks or public works departments are, are great opportunities and um, showing up to public meetings to voice your opinions about those types of things are great. Okay. So, Mike, I know that a big problem right now is you just don't even have enough bikes to sell people. But I imagine that hearing about all the joy of being out on these trails, it's maybe making even some more people think about getting out there. What would you say as advice for people who are getting started? If Assuming that they might be able to find one, what's a good entry-level bike for somebody who just wants to do the basic stuff? You know, um, typically, you know, uh, you can buy an okay bike at a sporting goods store, you know, probably in the three to $400 range. Most bike shops are slightly nicer uh, in what we carry. So we're, we're typically going to open up between $350 and $500 as a price point. And then, you know, there's always some basics. Like we always recommend a helmet and just a basic set of accessories, you know, just, just like uh, in any activity, there's sort of a a short list of things you need, mm-hmm. uh, and then that gets you going. Um, you mentioned that that you know, price point, um, three hundred fifty to five hundred dollars. Has the increased demand caused those prices to raise? Uh, it has, but not because like there isn't gouging. I mean, mm-hmm. what's ha- what's happening is those most accessible bikes were the first ones to go, and that's generally where there's the most product. And so, as you get these more casual or new riders, that's where they gravitate. That's where they buy. And what we've seen is it's forced, you know, first they're gone and then the next price point's gone and then the next price point's gone. So now it's the conversation is definitely changing, which is too bad because it means, you know, that, you know, now the economics of it aren't really working in everyone's favor equally. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's, you know, I mean, I think there's there's hope. Uh, I mean, I think the shortage is going to last 
six to eight weeks, and then we're going to see, you know, product hopefully coming back, you know, gradually and then with more depth. So this will be this will be just like toilet paper. Like at some point, we'll just get used to seeing them again. It's just now that it feels so intense. Well, yeah, though I mean, not wanting to be paint a rosy picture. I mean, a lot of our suppliers are telling you, you know, yeah, late August, September, October. You know, which is in a way, it's almost missing a full, you know, cycling season. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll just hope for a little Indian summer and some fast boats. We're talking to Mike Weiss of Big Shark Bicycle Company, which has just seen absolutely record sales. We're also talking to Emma Clues, who's the Vice President of Communications and Outreach for Great Rivers Greenway. Emma, your thoughts on whether or not this is just a fad, everybody going out there, getting a bike, and it's just going to end up in their garage getting covered with dust once they're allowed to go back to the gym. You know, I'm sure some habits will evolve as things, uh, you know, with the pandemic evolve. But I do think there will be a lot of folks that get hooked. You know, it's a really interesting time for people. They feel stagnant. They feel stuck at home. And to be able to get outside and move and see nature progressing and connect to community, even in a distant way or even, you know, just smiling at a stranger from afar or waving. Um, I think that that people are really seeing the value of that for the quality of life. So I um, am hopeful, but but genuinely think that a lot of folks will get hooked on the habit of fresh air and exercise and connecting to their community and nature. Seems like nothing good, nothing bad would come out of that the more we can all get outside. Uh, we also heard from Oma Darlin on Twitter, and she says that she's been biking more but avoiding trails. Uh, the hubby has been avoiding the crowded trails to social distance. This means he's been riding the streets of St. Louis a lot and getting tons of flats, picking up road debris. Uh, She adds, I wish folks would wear masks on the trails. Emma, do you have any thoughts on whether you think people should be wearing a mask when they're out biking on, on your greenways? You know, I've been out biking a lot recently and I've been wearing a mask. Um, I have loved it because I'm not eating any bugs (laughs) and I'm not getting anything, you know, like that has been really convenient for me. So I, think it's, you know, a very small thing that I can do to provide a little bit of extra protection for myself and for others. Um, really no harm in it. It's easy for me to do and it has some added benefits. So there is a benefit that goes with wearing masks. It's not all pain <laughs> and then trying to be a socially responsible person. It, it keeps the bugs out of your mouth. I'm surprised cyclists didn't think of this sooner. <laughs> <laughs> the bugs and the cottonwood trees are also dropping. So I've had multiple times where I'm like, hey, I don't have to be dodging this at all. It's no big deal. <laughs> and Mike um, Oma, who we just quoted from her, her tweet there, Um, She had mentioned that her husband is getting tons of flats, and I know the streets of St. Louis are not necessarily all ready for cycling. Um, Is that something that that is pretty easy to deal with if people get these kind of maintenance problems? And any advice on that front? You know, know, some some advice would be, you know, inspect your tires before you ride. Like a lot of times you roll over glass, and it just gets embedded in the tire, and it might not get you that day, but there the next day, and Mm -hmm. eventually... It can, it can pop a tire. Uh, and a lot of people don't inflate their tires. They just kind of pump them once, and then they're like, we're good. And, you, you know, tires get a little softer over time. So if you're riding infrequently and you're picking that up, then you probably should be, you know, pumping your tires up. I mean, simple things, but they, they do work. So if somebody's got an old bike laying around and then they want to get it back up, would you recommend, is it worth stopping by the shop and getting somebody to give it a once over or with as busy as you guys are, does that not even make sense right now? Well, that's, you know, definitely, um, that's affecting all shops. Like we talked to a couple other store owners in St. Louis and, you know, your capacity is your capacity. And we've, 
you know, we hate telling somebody, yeah, we can't fix your bike (laughs) in a month. We'll get to it because it just sounds like you're trying, you know, you don't want to help them, but it's every shop in St. Louis right now, I think has a one, two, three, four week wait. Uh, Our attitude is if it's a flat or if it's something we can do quickly, we're going to do it quickly. We just don't have the storage. So we're trying to do a lot more spontaneous fixes than we normally would. Uh, or partial fixes, just so people can keep going. Wow. And when you say there's a four-week wait, you mean that's a four-week wait to get in for repairs at at many of these shops? Uh, You know, it really depends on the complexity. Like, we're trying, you know, now we're having to be a little bit more, um, I would say, like, flexible. Mm -hmm. Like, we find out what someone's needs are. You know, are they transportational, or is it just a flat fix, or, or do they actually need, like, love on their bike? And um, so I can't say there's like a, an answer to that that's mm-hmm. like super consistent, but it's, yeah, I mean, there, I, 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 there's one shop locally that said we cannot take any more repairs. We are good. Wow. And because they just can't, you know, you just don't want to, um, I mean, there's, th- there's thousands of people that are new, like taking the sport up in every zip code. And so a thousand repairs, that takes takes time. Wow. I mean, that's amazing. I guess that just shows for every upside, there's also a downside. I imagine for veteran cyclists, they've got to be annoyed that now they have to wait in line just to get a repair because their hobby is too trendy. But uh, Mike, I got to say, it's really good to talk to somebody whose business is absolutely thriving, even if you didn't see it coming. I think we're all really happy for you that these bikes are, they're keeping one line of work really gainfully employed during a tough time. So yeah, we, we actually hired people. That's that's <laughs> awesome. Is, well, know, that's, so we're, and we're grateful we could do that. Well, Mike Weiss of Big Shark Bicycle Company, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you, Sarah. Thanks for covering it. And Emma Clues, the Vice President of Communications and Outreach for Great Rivers Greenway, thank you for for joining us. Thank you as well. We'll see you all out on the greenways. And we want to go out of today's show. We're going to share a lovely offering from two local musicians. Many of you probably remember the name Joanna Serenko. She lives in Kirkwood. She was recently a contestant on The Voice. She made the top 10. She's just 18 years old. We had her on the show a few weeks ago to talk about that. Now, just after we had her on, Joanna was eliminated from the show. But being in the top 10 is huge. We see really big things for her. And the song we're about to play is evidence of that. It's a cover of a song by the Five Stairs steps and Joanna recorded it with local musician David Grelly on the keyboard. David says these lyrics, though simple and sweet, are everything right now. And with everything going on in the world, we had to agree with him on that. So without further ado, let's finish this Friday's show with David Grelly and Joanna Serenko. Brighter. 
podcast episodes of St. Louis on the Air are available at stlpublicradio.org, or you can subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. St. Louis on the Air is produced by Evie Hemphill and Lara Hamden, with production assistance from Aaron Doerr. The senior producer is Emily Woodbury, and the executive producer is Alex Hoyer. And our intern is Joshua Phelps. His last day with us is today. He's been an amazing help to our entire team during these unprecedented times, and we wish him all the good things in the days and years ahead. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Sarah Fenske. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.